0: pain Soccer, we're back. Another wonderful week dedicated to the beautiful game of soccer. I'm here with the guys, Marcus, Ephraim, and Anthony. What's going
1: on, fellas?
2: Not much. What's up, Dan, E, Marcus?
1: What's the haps, fellas? How y'all doing today? Hey man, feeling feeling very, very, very tired
3: walking on sand. Something in the water got the best of the boy. I fake happy it rained the last day, even though I wanted to see Uzi. <laughs> but go ahead, Dan. <laughs> you were there in the first
0: one in twenty nineteen, right? So, uh, how would you compare it, Marcus?
3: It it wasn't on the same level. The Pharrell and friends was not on the same level. Um, Busta Rhymes. You had a heart-to-heart moment on the stage. I was cool. I wasn't cool with that. Oh, no. I mean, I'll say, like, the supporting acts, like, the Wayne joint was dope. The Cuddy joint was dope. But it wasn't enough people, the headline. And I don't listen to a of. even though that's a bad. Let's go ahead and get into this, man. <laughs> for sure, for wow. sure. Wow. <laughs>
0: I want to try something different, if you guys don't mind course we all have our favorite teams and we have recaps of what they did I'd like to spin it and ask starting with Ephraim if you don't mind what was the most champagne thing that happened in Man United's last match would you say Ephraim
1: oh man that's a great question uh yeah, I don't know. Wow. It was it was it wasn't like it was a spectacular match to watch. It was only a one nil win. I guess, if anything, like Casemiro was doing a really good job of throwing a lot of tackles that, that match. And his his tackle was on point. His passes were on point because I've been disappointed with his with his passing the last couple of matches. So I think his passes were great. Um, yeah. And his tackling was, 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 was there. I think he really helped a lot in the back four. Um And maybe Lindelof as well. I think those two guys like really stepped up and and showed. You know, hey, we got to fight for the top four. So, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's not just one moment to me. It's, it seems like a few of them. But yeah, that's what I would say.
3: Go ahead and draw some points. Though.
1: No, we didn't know. We we dropped. Yeah, we dropped two uh, against Tottenham. Unfortunately, I get that. Uh Yeah, but we not though. You, 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 yeah, y'all need to just worry about winning, sir. We 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 we.
0: Uh, that's that's all I gotta say I dig it I dig it now Anthony what would you say is the most champagne thing that happened in Man City's 2-1 victory over Fulham hey
1: man
2: <clears throat> honestly when I was watching it um I was impressed by- i'm getting uh pressured by another team because when i was watching fulham man i was looking at that white on that jersey. i was like what white is that is that the los blancos is this real madrid in the premier league what's going on and and i had to check this the standings in the premier league (laughs) because i thought fulham was was low low they're only 10th in the league i was like okay this is this is kind of some pressure um and I, it's funny that Clayton's ain't here. I was surprised to see that Fulham was ten and Chelsea was twelfth. So that was kind of, that was kind of sketchy right there. You went low like, to the table I, on that I, one, bro. Yeah, I, I did. I had to had to scroll, but I I was started at the bottom because I thought Fulham would be there. I was like, yeah, why are they holding the ball so much? And then I realized, okay, okay, they they they're mid table team. They they pretty good. So it gave me encouragement that we were able to thug out a 2-1 victory seeing as we're about to go against Real Madrid soon who um, no matter what we did we scored they scored we scored they scored they end up scoring more and beating us so it's it's time to start locking down our defense
0: for sure now Marcus you were doing your thing in Virginia Beach but I'm sure you saw what happened with uh, the the Liverpool Tottenham match. So, what, in your opinion, was the most champagne thing that happened in the game?
3: Hey man, your boy was in the hotel pregame, and you know how that go. Um, watching the game, and um, I thought the most champagne was we we getting some fine wine on the pitch, watching this boy Trent play that role this boy that first goal <laughs> all that boy Curtis had to do was just pass it in the back corner then we got the beautiful Gakpo to Diaz play man Diaz on another level I thought those were those two goals were, were pure champagne bro we were popping gold bottles around that month hey, hey, hey,
0: for sure for sure now, Arsenal's most recent game is a 3-1 victory over Chelsea. I would say the most champagne thing that happened in that game is probably Martin Odegaard's performance. He had a brace in about, what, under 10 minutes. Um, His movement, his interpretation of space, Um, he is used often in, like, the right half space so he can... Cutting side on his left foot. He's been more decisive when it comes to goal scoring. And hey, we need that because it's hard to rely on Gabriel Jesus, even though he did score. He's been on pretty good form, but you already know we try to attack through the flanks. Um, Martinelli didn't start. Trous- Troussard got the start. He did pretty well. But uh, yeah, you got to salute Od- Odegaard's brace. Hey, that pass
1: and first time shot for the second goal.
0: Oh, yeah. Chef's kiss.
1: <laughs>
0: for sure. For sure. Now, let's get into the other topics that are going on in this world of soccer. Um, I think maybe this is just me, but the most interesting thing is the Bundesliga race. Currently... On the standings through um, 30 matches played, there's four matches left in the season, if you guys aren't there, aren't aware. The Bundesliga has 18 teams, so, you know, you play a team twice, so, you know, 34 matches. Right now, Bayern has 62 points. Dortmund has 61 points. Dortmund, they <laughs> they tricked off against Bochum 1-1, and then Bayern took them a long time, but they defeated the worst team in the league, Hertha Berlin, 2-0 after a uh, stalemate for over 70 minutes. So do you guys think Bayern is winning the league, or is it just Dortmund tricking off the league?
3: Them boys Dortmund is tricking us because um you did I got a couple facts to add on to your um info about that team them. um these dudes got washed early in the week six zero um also these dudes let the oldest Frenchman score on them outside the box bro like no pressure it's it's kind of ugly like. It kind of, like, I don't know, Malin not a real legit striker, I guess, because he tried to do some old scorpion kick shit. That shit came off the post. And, like, this team one of the worst teams in the league, bro. The worst defense. That's what they had done said when I was watching the game, bro. And You can't get more than one goal, bro. Like, that's, that's, that's tricking. I mean, Byron, they just trying to adjust to a new coach, honestly, at this point.
0: But sure. I think I agree with you, Marcus. Um, This Dortmund team, it is tough because I actually think if it was the same team as last year, like if they had Holland, they would win the league. Not that he would make their defense better, but just this kamikaze style that they play under Terzic. It's so unpredictable and they don't know how to control games and you see it. And you see over-relying on young players... Can be your downfall, but um, what do you think, Ephraim, What do you think is going on in the Bundesliga right now?
1: Uh, I think uh, I, two things can be true. I I do agree with you guys. I think yeah, I think uh, Bayern no, excuse me, uh, um, Dortmund is kind of fumbling the league. You know what they have in the league, and also that that Dortmund that uh Bayern ended up winning it because of that. So, uh, as a result of that, yeah, Bayern's going to pull out with, what, their 11th championship in a row? Is, yeah. it, is that right? 11, <laughs> I think, in a row? Yeah. I mean, that's, well, yeah, basically, I mean, I, I think the 10th, yeah, I think it is 11, yep. I think it's 11, yeah. um, So, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on in the Bundesliga. I don't know why uh, Dortmund, you know, won't take grasp, you know, won't, you know, maybe they play down to their opponents, which... You know which we know a lot of teams can do. Uh, we all know that. Look, they 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 shouldn't have made a coaching switch in the middle of the season. Yeah, I get it. They weren't dominating the league. You know, they had a lot of draws that you know kept them you know kept their points lower than they probably should have been. But yeah, man, I, I, I think they I think they really messed up by by, by firing Nogglesman And uh, yeah, they may end up winning, but not because of anything Tupel's doing that's that's revolutionary or anything like that. So, yeah, I think it's because Dortmund's not going to be strong enough to, to pull it out themselves. Anthony, as
0: a fan that took Holland away from Dortmund and now you're scheming on Jude Bellingham, what would you say are uh, Dortmund's biggest issues? Or is it more so they just don't have the firepower of Bayern?
2: Uh it sucks because it's it's really on Dortmund. Um Byron shouldn't have uh made the coaching change that they did midseason. And honestly, as close as Dortmund is, they should have been able to take advantage of the disarray of their opponent in-house and, and tried to crush him that way, but they they weren't able to, I guess, take advantage of it. Hey, season's not over, but I, I believe. It almost shouldn't be a question. They should be able to say, "Hey, Bayern over there lacking? They they it's a season of confusion for them. Well, let's take over." And and they haven't capitalized. So the giants of Bayern they 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 smell the title. So it's almost like <clears throat> they're giving it to them. So it kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, it is unfortunate. And when you look at the Bundesliga their 50 plus 1 rule which you know tries to um not include financial doping to make a team good quicker it is a plan that makes the league more balanced and you know fair but then also because of that Bayern's <laughs> basically 40 year head start of running everything has put them in a position where it's almost impossible to catch up with them unless you're perfect in your evaluation of coaches, players, tactics. You have to be flawless to beat them. So we haven't seen that since uh, Klopp's teams, 2011, 2012, the last teams not named Bayern to win the Bundesliga. And Marcus, as a Klopp fan, what do you think made him so unique to break up that monopoly compared to what every uh Dortmund coach has failed to do?
3: I think in that era he brung that same f- formula that he tried to I mean what he had with Liverpool, the fast wingers the i mean the un- or the pretty much the dudes that didn't want to be um that were un- that guys that did that no clubs really wanted like they seemed like nobody wanted uh Yang. at that point nobody wanted Louis uh you know what I mean so and then he grew some of the younger players so I thought like he just used speed honestly because his, his teams were never the greatest defender um, um so like they just scored more points at, at the right time so I think that was the difference. And this Dortmund team can't consistently score since they lost Holland. Like, and that's a proven thing. Like, they can't score more than they can see. And that's a problem. Like, so I think that's the difference. And no team in this league, like how you said, since that rule, you can't have a team that's going to get a surplus to help them get a lot of players in. So they have to do it organically. And none of these teams are going to do it as fast as Bayern. Like, who, who, who out there is, like, as good as Matthias? Like, that's just like they growing the players that end up playing for Germany, honestly, at Bayern also. So, I think that's an unfair advantage as well. For sure. And to add more
0: clarification to the 50 plus 1 rule to the people out there that aren't aware, um, it's a clause that states in order to obtain a license to compete in the Bundesliga, a club must either wholly or majority own its association football team. It's basically to, you know, make sure that a country or a corporation isn't able to dominate a league just based on their finances, which is ironic because Red Bull Leipzig is allowed to basically be the team that works outside the 50 plus one rule, but they're also in shambles as we see this season. So I think we're going to look at the Bundesliga moving forward and see that that this is a time where they need to get things in order or they can be left behind and Ephraim, you brought up that they're trying to do
1: something with their tv rights yeah and this isn't necessarily new news you know this has been something that they've been talking about since like the beginning of this this, uh, 2023 and so uh i think i don't just don't think we've ever mentioned on the podcast before so so yeah, they they're looking to get up to. Uh, I'm I'm hearing different numbers, but uh, the article I'm looking at right now t- says that they're looking to get up to three point two five billion U.S. dollars uh, amount uh, for Bundesliga TV uh, rights. Um, you know, and uh, Tifo IRL we've mentioned that on on podcasts plenty of times for their videos they do on YouTube have a has a really good video right now on YouTube talking about and kind of highlighting what dan just mentioned about the 50 plus one and uh this this uh tv deal that they're looking to to secure so they're they're trying to sell some stakes in their tv rights um and so that to generate because they're they're like one of the their their revenue i I guess is one of the lowest believe it or not as as much as they market to the u.s and and other other countries their 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 revenue is pretty low when it comes to the top four leagues in Europe. So uh they're they're looking to generate that so they can get some big money to get uh pushed into the uh Bundesliga. So uh fans apparently are kind of mixed or or maybe majority don't like it than than do like it. So uh it'll be uh interesting to see how that pans out in the coming uh months, especially be- before next season, to see if they get something done by then. So
0: Yeah, man. And as y'all know we're all premier league we're all fans of premier league teams that's the number one league in the world because of all the money they generate um and it's going to be hard for other teams to catch up that's why they wanted that super league and in that super league the original you know form of the 12 teams six of them were in the premier league so they want that money and it's going to be hard for teams to catch up to that because as much as TV contracts will continue to go up, because in this streaming era, live content is the most valuable. The Premier League is always gonna go up. I always. don't see a plateau in the near future, and that does make it tough for Serie A League, uh La Liga to compete. But um let's switch. Hey, to- Sir, yeah, of- yeah, my bad. Go ahead. Hey, yeah.
1: Real, real quick, Marcus, I, I, real quick, just just uh, one thing I, I forgot to mention is like one of the reasons why fans are so upset about this is because they think that it's going to try to cater to like American markets by changing the times of the matches and the schedules and things like that. apparently, from what I'm understanding, the that's part of the deal is that they won't do that, that that, that, that will have no influence on changing schedules or the times of games, the times of matches uh, in Germany. So. That's one of the biggest one of the one of the big fears. I ain't gonna say the biggest fear, but that's one of the big fears uh, from uh, people in uh, Germany because uh, they, you know, it's, it's such a fan-centric league. You know, it's, it's like it's like really exciting to watch if anybody's ever watched it. We talk about it all the time about how fun it is. So uh, that fans don't want that experience to go away for obvious reasons. So I dig it. And Marcus, did you want to say something?
3: I was gonna say two things that. Um... Well, well, I guess I'll change one of them. The Bundesliga one, I would say, um, yeah, that that time difference would be too crazy if they tried to change it to American times. Um, They probably wouldn't want to go to the game because for it to be kind of appropriate for America, that's going to be, like, early in the morning. And I don't think they really want to be drinking beer that early. Um, And then the other thing I was going to say is they've kind of already – uh, seem to like market themselves towards America with signing that ESPN deal because the Fox, what was it? They were on Fox uh, Sportsnet, right, at first, or whatever yeah, Fox. Yeah. And they seem more like German-based centric there uh, then. So it seems like they've already tried, like how you said, they're trying to do like similar, like I guess like how wrestling did, prom- began promoting themselves to the Americans or different audiences so they can
1: drive the value up. And remember, Marcus, they do a lot of ads and things in English as well. I mean, I'm not saying that obviously they do them in German as well, but they do a lot of ads in English too. So you know, if you ever watch ESPN Plus or, or ESPN when they have a big match on, you know, you, sometimes you might see something like with some of their German players, German-born players, uh, you know, saying something in English, which you know. So yeah. For sure. Now, hey, might as
0: I mentioned him earlier. Might as well bring it up again, because this was champagne at its finest. Last-minute goal for Liverpool by Jota. A minute after Richarlison scores his first Premier League goal for Tottenham. Liverpool wins 4-3. Anfield goes crazy. Klopp is trying to get his celebration on, and, ah, ah, pulls a hamstring. Damn, my G, you got to get your stretch on. Marcus, what did you feel when you saw Klopp get hurt? And what's your most favorite celebration you've ever seen on a pitch?
3: Well, first off, I thought he was actually doing that one celebration of that uh, the female soccer player, and I was hey, gonna be dying hey. if
0: he. You thought he was going body. Yeah
3: if... yeah, if he was gonna start <laughs> twerking, I was gonna cut the TV off. I was gonna have to cut the TV out because I had too many people in the telly. Um, but to answer <laughs> the question, <laughs> to, to answer the question, I ain't gonna lie, I kind of got top three. Um, what was it? I don't know, homie names, it might be P- when he was in the all blue suit and he did the uh, the big wiggle. Um, well, and then my second one would be the Jose. When he kind of like he 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 told the cameraman to be quiet, and then he ended up like turning into Posh to dap him up at the perfect time, and Posh just went with the shit. And then last would be uh would be one of Jurgen when he ran all the way down the goddamn pitch, and then he realized he had to go back and he had to walk that time. He was a little bit smarter then.
0: For <laughs> well, sure. Now, Ephraim, what would you say is your favorite ghost
1: celebration of all time? I got two. And one's not necessarily a goal celebration. Um, one's you may remember this, Dan. Uh Louis von Hall when he when he flopped on the ground because of Alexis Sanchez uh uh he thought it was a dive. It was I think it was 2016. You <laughs> remember that one when he fell on the ground and he like the dead cockroach? Uh I think that's one of them. It wasn't a celebration necessarily, but it did create a a lot of memes uh uh, uh for the foreseeable future. Uh my second one, and sorry again to do this to you, Dan, but it has to be Ryan Giggs and the 99 FA Cup semifinal against Arsenal at Highbury. Yeah, that one when he took his shirt off, off after scoring the uh the winner was was essentially the winner. Yeah, that that those are my two.
0: Shout out to corruption on that goal.
1: <laughs> hey man, don't get mad because he cut through y'all like a hot knife through butter. I mean right. yeah, that was that was slick. Come on, man, you gotta admit that. Yeah, that was cute. That was nice. Shout <laughs> right, out to Lion for
0: also tricking that Champions League final. <laughs> hey, they did they did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Anthony, what's your favorite goal celebration of all time?
2: Uh, I'd have to go with the uh, Mario Balotelli, why always me, uh, shirt reveal. I think that's just fresh um and then whenever i play some freshman in college on fifa ultimate team and they i guess uh gritty on me in the 93rd minute after scoring an extra time beating
3: me i guess those are always that's kind of like it came from a sad play yeah, dude <laughs> my god Damn, yeah. going on, you need to talk <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm surprised you ain't go with the Aguero
2: <laughs> one uh, when y'all when y'all beat uh, United for the uh, for the Premier League that year. Oh, uh, the Aguero, yeah. the uh, that that's iconic. But I like see in my football days <clears throat> back. I ain't gonna name names, but there were back in my space there was some chatter um, about who was number seventy four, and I remember us cooking some Garfield Garfield our homecoming year, and I printed out those, those comments. And handed it to the nigga. You know what I'm saying? So I'm one of those guys. I like, I
1: like, I like <laughs> props. I like props bro, in the celebration. Yeah, <laughs> I like my, daughter, Bro. <laughs>
2: yeah, hey man. Sorry, I had to do it. The, hey, <laughs> the force park That was the only like time we were booked for somebody's homecoming because we were the, like the the team to get slaughtered, and we actually won at somebody else's homecoming. It was kind of crazy, but anyway.
0: <laughs> think my favorite goal celebration of all time even though I'm an Arsenal fan it was so gangster when Emmanuel Adebayo played for City scored that goal slid in front of the Arsenal fans and they started throwing shit at him hey that's real gangster and then my other one would be in the El Clasico where Messi scored the last minute game winner then took his jersey off to show the Real Madrid fans, yeah, this is my last name, Messi. You didn't know who I was? Hey, that was gangster. I didn't know Messi had swag like that. So, yeah, those would be my two favorites. And then the honorable mention, old school, my boy, Roger Miller, Cameroon, 1990 World Cup. The dance he always had when he scored. Go to the flag, hit my little one-two step. Yeah, that's gangster, but... Yeah, man! Shout out to all the celebrations and sports at the end of the hey, game. Hold on, hold on. Hey, hold on, hold on, and you gotta have fun. Hold Go on, ahead, Marcus.
3: I, I I didn't know we were doing player joints, man. I I, I thought we were doing coaches. So uh, players, I'm I just gonna say one. Stir crazy, Daniel Sturridge, bro. You know that shit is iconic.
0: <laughs>
3: and the one he did when we won the when we ended up winning the league.
0: Well, hey, he wasn't there.
3: Yeah, but he was a forefather. He left right before. It.
0: Oh, my God. He broke down. Did y'all give him a medal for fun? Or what did he do for that medal?
3: Yeah, they did. I think they actually did, though. They gave uh, him and Lil Lana a medal. Oh, my day. Really? Yeah, I they... think you could do that, though. I Community think you had
1: to play at least awards. 10 matches in that season. Hey, man. You they know, know they never made him. Yeah. They probably made him they got, shit, they got him some... a forged one. They got him a fake one. He got a fugazi. Rose
0: gold out here.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> and now they changed the rule. You, you from now you only have to play in five league matches. So oh, really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that in Football Manager.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have helped Chelsea if they was any better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dang, all they 50-11 players could get a trophy. You ain't lying. Uh, yeah, that's true, man. But, um... Let's talk about my favorite team real quick. And it's an issue that I think is very interesting when it comes to team building. The difficulty of trying to create a title contending team, a team that can be productive in Europe, whether it's the Champions League or the Europa League. And then you're also trying to ingratiate the youngsters from your academy. Now, Arsenal has even though um, Man City and Chelsea are the more productive academy teams when it comes to winning things, Arsenal does their thing when it comes to bringing in young talent from our academy end. And right now we have, excuse me, midfielder Charlie Patino, who's balling on loan at Blackpool in the championship. He's 19. He's ready to start his career. He wants to get moved. And then we have For Lauren Balogun, who is balling for Reims in France, striker, the U.S. is trying to recruit him to play for them. He also wants to to move on so he can get uh, first team minutes. They don't want to go on loan for another season. You got Arsenal fans mad that, oh, what's going on? We got to keep these kids. I was one of them too, but then... I realized, hey, if you really want to be the best team in the world, how many academy kids do you really have playing? Ephraim, you can set it off. You're a United fan. Of course, people romanticized the class of 92 with the youngsters that broke into the team and became fixtures for United. but That's a different era, but based on what you've seen, how many first-team players can you really depend on that are from the academy when you're trying to basically build the best team in the world?
1: That's a really good question. I mean, as far as United go, you haven't really seen many that really stuck around. I mean, we have have like Ahmad Diallo right now. He's playing for uh, Sunderland, balling out for Sunderland right now. Um, Garnacho, you know, he's, he's back in training, but, you know, he got hurt. Couldn't really rely on him all the time anyway. Um, you know, Palestri, Fakundo Palestri, he's not playing as that much at all. Um, so it's really hard to say, say, you know, youth team players coming up, especially in this world of superstars and, and big, big buying that goes on with uh, a lot of these bigger clubs. Um, you know, you send them out on loan. Hopefully they can do well on loan. A lot of times, what happens is what you just highlighted, you know, when they come back to their home team, they're ready to make a move. You know, how many, you know, Arsenal people do you see on other teams that came up through Arsenal Academy? You know, things like that. They make moves, they go, they go somewhere else, they get bought up. So, you know, as far as making an impact on their home, on their, on their, uh, you know, their current the squad that they, they came through the youth system on it's not as, it's not, I don't think it's as easy as it used to be, especially for the bigger clubs. I, I mean, maybe the smaller, the smaller clubs. Yeah, obviously that's what they have to rely on, but these bigger clubs, nah, man, it's like a lot of money that floats around a lot of, a lot of superstars that, that want to get bought uh, and move to big clubs. And so I just see a lot harder um, to, to do, unless they are really stand out. Obviously, you know, they have to, they have to really be balling uh, in the youth team to, to do something. So. I dig it in.
0: Just look at the United team right now, Ephraim. I mean, you got a Rashford, but how many other academy kids are balling right now?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, like I said, Garnacho might be the the uh, the one that that we could talk about, but he's been hurt and he hasn't necessarily been consistent. You know, he's been he's he's come through with some big stuff, big goals and big games, or goals when we needed them in certain games. Absolutely. So I'm not going to downplay that, but. As far as, like, having that consistent impact, not really. Yeah, Marcus Rashford really is the only one that really stands out as having a significant impact. I think his debut was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, for United. So, uh, and look at now, it's seven years later, and he's still having an impact, so.
0: For sure. Now, Marcus, you've seen your team win the Premier League and the Champions League recently, and the one player from the academy that stood out was Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, What do you think about how difficult it is to bring academy players through when you're trying to compete with the best teams in the world?
3: Um, I think actually Klopp kind of talked about it this year a lot. Um, And you see it kind of right now. We had um, our young boy, uh, Stefan, this year. And I think, honestly, um, unless a coach really has those extra competitions, you're not going to – if you're a big club, you're not going to be able to give those guys the PT they need to play. Um, like, kind of like Arteta, what he did smart when he – when you guys – I think it was the Conference League or Europa League that first year. He played – what is it? He played Martinelli. He played soccer. He played all the guys that are now starting that are young guys. So, I think um, that's one way you can do it. But if you're a city or a Liverpool at this point, where you like kind of like competing that on the on the, the Champions League level, like how he was kind of saying, you kind of end up like selling these guys. Cause what is that? We sold, ah, we sold, um, Woodburn. We sold, we sold many guys. So it's like one out of freaking 15 are gonna, that come out of that batch are going to are going to actually be on the team what is that we have a rarity with curtis jones trent um i don't even know if you can count harvey and fabio because we bought them at 16 but so like you you can't count those guys so like what is that we only got other guys we got left are like Clarkson. um we got callahan who who wants to go to who wants real pt so he's might end up getting sold um, Like how you said, and also how you said, these guys want PT. When they get 20, 19, 20 years old, they don't want to play under-21s anymore. They want real PT. So, I think it's just a ba- balancing act. If you have the extra competitions, you can play them and get that PT. If not, you're going to end up having to sell them, and you're going to have to maybe get a buyback clause. Like how m- most of the Spanish teams, and I think German teams, have a buyback clause, where like how uh, Premier League teams really don't. Because you guys are so – what is it Grenadry and you guys so freaking um Musa and there's no buyback clause in that? I mean, not saying that
1: you guys wanted them back, but it, it like it doesn't seem like that happens in the Premier League as much. hey, real quick, I think that Marcus, you make a really good point about like some of these guys. You know, you're talking about local talent, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Like, but you're talking about guys like you bought from different leagues in like South America or you know, uh you know, somewhere else in Europe or something like that. Yeah. So that makes a lot, or Africa, you know, obviously like with Ahmad Diallo, and that's, that's he's from uh, uh Cote d'Ivoire, you know, so like things like that. So I, that, that's a great point. Cause some of those guys, they can, they they usually will not will, but they, they have a better chance sometimes of making it through to the, to the first team because maybe they were like this exponential talent that you know was standing out in their country in a in a in a in a league in their country versus like homegrown talent where you know it's really a shot in the dark when it comes to that you know that you don't you just don't know what you're gonna get sometimes. So hey, one so one know. thing I, to
3: add to Dan, you could probably go more emphasis too is uh, we got a prime example is um, the homie that's on uh, that's a striker for um, Nottingham Forest. He he had to end up getting sold because he we could never end up getting um get him approved to be able to play because what is that his passport or something like that? He couldn't he couldn't get he wasn't eligible because mm-hmm. he didn't play enough games, he didn't get enough points. Oh yeah. We ended up have to we couldn't put him on the roster, so we had to end up selling him. So those things affect For sure. And as an Arsenal fan, um
0: I always joked and called our Set up Operation Gugu because Arsenal were the Gunners, the fans are the gooners, Gugu like a baby, get it. when this is when Saka was making his run, Emil Smith Row. um, of course, we've always had youngsters breaking through Alex Sawobi, Oxalate Chamberlain. you mentioned Serge Nabry, Eunice Musa. We have a pretty good academy, but it's hard for everyone to get through. um. Martinelli, we signed him at 18 because you can only sign Brazilian kids when they become adults at 18. So if you look at most recently out of our true academy products, it's soccer that's balling. Smith Rowe was our second in scoring last year, but he's been injured and then he's fallen out of favor with Arteta. So it does show you it's very difficult. And Anthony, you can speak on it also because in your team, who is currently fighting for the trouble Phil Foden is the only true academy product that's playing we know Cole Palmer that boy is kind of huffy and then Jaden Sancho the famous story of him leaving to go to Dortmund now he's flopping at United and trying to get his career together speak on how hard it is to make it and how impressed you are with Phil Foden and his development
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. I got two other names for you. Philip Lom, Psych now, Rico Lewis. I believe he's ghost? The, he's an academy partner. Yeah, I, he ain't been here for two months, but he's he had a little spurt. He had, he had a little, so I think he may be he, he's another prospect breaking through. But we also been watching a couple Serie A matches recently and Baram Diaz over at ac milan hey, has man. has been cooking so much that i've had to ask multiple times like hey man is he wearing number 10 so he he's actually doing is he having a better season than sancho i i believe so because i, I think he was on ac milan when they won their league
0: by the way he was still
2: wearing number 10 which is crazy he So like,
0: played in your academy for one year go ahead Y'all bought him up. Okay. Not yeah, right, a real I academy for product for your he's yeah. from Malaga.
2: Yeah, all right. All right, bet. All right, so say less. Cole Palmer. So now let's start with the duds. Hey, man, It's hard to sometimes break in. He may be at Leeds next year. Or um what is it? Uh Sheffield Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Not full, but nah, he ain't going him too good. He may be at Chelsea, though. Maybe he
0: may,
2: be, he may he just may let him go to Burnley with we'll the company. Yeah, or um, what's that team? What's that farm team we got now? Southampton? Don't we have a Lavia there? Are they about to go down? Yeah, get rid of that. Was yeah, <laughs> yeah So Burnley, he probably go with company.
0: <laughs> yeah, company might not want
2: um, that guy. He'll, he'll, he's not that. Hey, I hate JJ Watt. You know, might want him. Cole Palmer's very uh, normal when it comes to his skill on the ball. Um, What position does he play? uh, They try to make him play everything from left wing to right wing to uh, midfield. He's just he he, he has good ambition, but he just don't he's not that. He's just not he's not Manchester City caliber. Then that's the whole point. If you're uh, youth talent from the academy you got to have s- something of a uh, some something that shines through just a little thing I bet it was at first it was probably Phil Foden's uh, ambition his IQ his hunger but also his touch his athleticism he probably had something that oh man if we develop this he's gonna be nasty look at him now he just has to grow onto what different position he may play uh, inverter winger midfield Pep may get crazy, may put him at left wing back one time, but hey, <laughs> Phil Foden has shown that he he can play, so that's why he was out there. Rico Lewis, he got my man Cancelo booted to Bayern because he was balling for a little bit and unable to play within the system that he grew up playing in, and so we'll see how where that goes. But it it, it depends on the caliber of the team that and where the team's ambitions are to how. The youth will fit in because Chelsea's still trying to work that guy Gallagher in, into the lineup, and I I don't think he's that good. I just think he's a
0: yeah he stinks. Uh, he won Crystal Palace another normal... year last year and tricked them. Yeah, very overrated. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. it's
2: sure. it depends on what the ambitions of the te- of the club are that allows young talented attempt to break through. Some of it's cool, some of it's not, but.
0: Early in the season, Ethan Waniri of Arsenal was the youngest player to play in a Premier League match of First Division English match when he made his uh debut against Tottenham when we beat them in September. He hasn't played since, and now they're saying he even might leave Arsenal to go somewhere else. And this weekend, I don't know if you guys are aware, But uh, Xavi made history by giving a youngster named Lamine Yamal his debut for Barcelona. He is the youngest player to debut for Barcelona at 15. He turned 16 in July. And this is what Xavi said about the young man. I quote, he's a similar player. This is to uh, Messi and Ansu Fati because he has that innate talent in the final third, which is difficult to find. Lamine doesn't seem like a 15-year-old. He's very mature. He's ready to play, and he's training well. He can mark an era at this club as part of this team. So, yeah, even this weekend, he almost scored. I was like, dang, he was active. He's left-footed. So that's where, you know, the comparisons, the messy uh, right winger that plays on his left foot very crafty creative it's a talented kid but they're saying that his contract also expires in the summer but it looks like he'll stay so it's gonna be interesting to see how these wonder kids continue to develop because all of our teams have ambition to be in the champions league and to compete for big titles so it is harder for youngsters to break through but it's like you got to also use it because it's a resource that you can use to buy other talented players. So it's very important. But um, Marcus, I know you were busy, man, but uh, did you have time to bless us? Hold, with- on, hold
3: on, hold on, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I do got you with that. But on that little Mina kid, um, I kind of think he more of going to be a winger it, because like in the youth team i was looking at the highlights um he more looked like a dynamic winger who would cut inside and try to take that shot and then let a poacher pounce on it like off his ricochets and i thought like that that chance that he had i thought that was pretty good the pass that he had was almost on point to dembele and um like how you say he was very positive like um and I think that, that like how you said, they play him on a tactic of like, hey, I gave you your debut, so go ahead and stick around. That's more minutes. But I see more Luis Diaz and Fatty than Messi. Because, I, I, I mean, I haven't seen him play through the middle, so I, I guess that's probably why. Yeah, for sure. And Messi,
0: he's played the majority of his career on the right when he made his debut. It was on the right, so we'll see what the future holds for the young homie but uh yeah marcus uh do you think you can bless us with that mls minute MLS (laughs)
3: MLS movement <laughs> We back at the vacay, you know. Um, bags on our knees like LeBron James after after a hard game. <laughs> um, but yeah, this week <laughs> this week we're gonna go a little bit more in depth. We're gonna cover a couple more teams, man. Um we're gonna pop it off with the top teams in the east. We have Cincy versus New England. It ended up being a one-one draw, but both of them boys was going hard. And um, if you're a USA fan, Bruce Arians is the coach of New England, and um, his son is actually on the is a assistant coach for Cincinnati. So that's just a fun fact for you. Uh, second game we had this week was Nashville versus uh ATL. ATL, we had us a shitty week. First off, we got beat. In the US Cup. Yeah, we we started off the US Cup. Most of the MLS teams got everybody out the way, except ATL United, who lost to um Memphis 1980 08, or something of that nature. Excuse me if I got that wrong. Um, yeah, we lost to a USL team, bro. It's the first time I think they said since like ever that ever has happened, to be quite honest. And um, yeah, so we continued this uh this shittiness going into the weekend. Nashville got us up out the way three one. Yeah, I I thought we had hope when Almeida got that penalty and got us up one. We had some extra time, but um yeah um our coach she doing some crazy tactics. We played three at the back, and I don't know why Miles Robinson is always like attacking like this dude playing like Virgil Van Dyke for uh for freaking Dutch and leaving us leaving us out here looking sad in the back, and we got cut open for the third goal three one. We got cooked. Uh, we move on to Toronto and versus New NYC. They, they this was, was that boy Sean Johnson um returning. He's a goalkeeper, American goalkeeper. Um, this was his return. He plays on Toronto now. Uh and he ended up having a clean sheet versus his old squad. Toronto got that one up out of the way, one zip. Then next we had Columbus versus Miami. I've actually been watching Miami to see if uh Joseph Martinez get up off the bench. And um, yeah, that's yet to happen. The games I've watched, but um, yeah, yeah, Columbus. What is that? They um, they got they got Miami up out the way two one. They ended a six game losing streak, and then we got Orlando versus LAFC. Orlando they looking very very mid right now lately. Um, they got they got, but they actually got this dub two zip because LAFC on the road is shit t. Them boys ain't got a, a road win in the last six. Um, the keeper on L.A.F.C. he actually put it in the ship. I mean, not uh, yeah, he put in the ship because uh, Orlando had a lot of shots. They had like double digit shots. I think it was eleven last time I had watched when they had pulled up the stat during the game. And um, yeah, the boys could have got a lot of goals and they only ended up with two. Um, yeah, so 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 the spotlight game, you know, was Dan. You know, all y'all favorite squad. The the inform my inform squad of the week yeah we 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 got some going this year, um, DC United, Them boys got Charlotte up out the way, uh, three coming into this DC United have won the last three. What you got for me?
1: We up to seventh place, Marcus. What?
3: Hey man, and the seven. playoffs out right now.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, DC yeah.
3: United. Let's go. <laughs> so we yeah, we pop it off with an early little pin uh for this guy Fonte Fontines. He got he uh this back to back weeks with him getting that goal, you know. My boy getting back to getting in there, he getting his numbers up. Second goal. <laughs> we had an appearance from the old man, bruh. That boy benteke. He got damn poor. The goddamn old oh, man bicycle kick. I didn't even know he had no oil on the goddamn chain to do that one no more. Um, they was up two zip, and then they, <laughs> and then so we they popped. They ended that game off with the. They brought on a young boy. He, he was sixteen years old, and his this was his debut. Uh, Jacob Green, and he got a little nice little goal off the wing, and they ended that game three zip. So uh DC United, four game winning street in all competitions, man. Um, before we get uh-huh. up out of here, we're gonna let y'all boy know this. What did you say?
0: Oh no, nah. I just had my we old man. I just had my old man laugh.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we gotta get y'all the top seven, man, because you know this year, uh you make it if you're in the top seven, you um you make it in the playoffs. If you in eighth or ninth, you're gonna have to do that playoff. We ain't gonna get on a playoff yet because we still early in the game and um there's some mid teams in them in them spots. But yeah, East we're gonna rank them all from uh one to seven. Well, no, you know what? We, we'll put some respect on DC United. We put seven to one in the seventh spot right now. We got DC United on 14 points. Columbus on uh in six on fourteen So hey, DC United, man, win another game, man. Y'all y'all might keep going up the standards real quick. Um, NY, uh, New York City They ain't gonna get go on 15 points And Phil, Nashville in fourth On 15, hey ATA United, we had number Three on 18, Cincy On 21, and New England At the number one spot on 21 As well Hey, Bruce Aaron's doing his thing right now On the west side, we, we gonna Go with number one, Seattle Saunders on 20, St. Louis, the newest Expansion squad out here on 19 points, took an L this week. Um, LAFC on 18 and third, FC and fourth, San Jose and fifth, the Dynamo in six, and Minnesota in that seventh spot. And man, next week we're gonna catch y'all at the, with another MLS minute. We out. I
0: appreciate that, Marcus. And now, before we get into Our last segments of the show, I got to quickly bring up this story because I know Claytis will be somewhere like, hey, man, y'all better bring this up. If y'all don't, this corruption. PSG has decided to suspend Messi for two weeks because my man (laughs) went on vacation to Saudi Arabia without telling the team, man. (laughs) I think they might the have... Retirement looked, plan? I think they might... Yeah, exactly. He might have been recruiting, looking for uh, new deals. I think they wouldn't be mad if, you know, PSG is owned by the Qataris. I think they wouldn't be mad if he went to vacation over there, but he went to Saudi Arabia. They ops. They didn't like that. But what do y'all think about that? How is... Why is Messi moving like this, man? Does he know that the season is over? Who cares about Lee 1?
1: <laughs> i think he's trying to get that bag like cristiano did that's what he's trying to do look like i th- I thought i heard rumors that he was moving stuff back to barcelona now all of a sudden he's out in saudi arabia so yeah. oh boy it's gonna be an interesting summer i can't wait hey your boy you know i got a theory
3: man and i, and I hope Clay this hit This man the reason <laughs> jose didn't take that deal from chelsea was because he recruiting Messi and the ops of the club that Ronaldo at is trying to get the league back. Mm-hmm. And they gonna and they gonna spearhead it with Messi and Jose, man.
1: Let's Ooh. get it cooking.
0: Uh, wouldn't uh, that be so Cristiano's running though? They say he wants to leave. You know oh, oh, he must Newcastle. New New Who
1: said that? Who said that in the
0: chat? Newcastle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. For sure now, Anthony. How do you feel about Messi making moves and <laughs> going out of town without the team knowing?
2: Yeah, he, he's trying to push a move. Um, I thought I saw a couple weeks ago some of the PSG fans were like booing him or whistling at him. They were doing something weird. Yeah, they
0: were booing him recently.
2: Um, yeah, he he's done with them, man. He, he he already got it. Hey, man, the oil money he went there for was for that World Cup. And now he got it. Now he's about to go play for the Spotify Barcelona
0: clan or whatever they're <laughs> called. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting. He, <laughs> the same day that this is announced, Barcelona's director, Matteo Alemini, I believe is how you say his last name he's decided to leave. Instead, he did sign a contract extension to 2024, but now all of a sudden he's leaving. Not really sure why, but teams are jumping on him and seems like Ashton Villa is trying to sign him so he can link up with Unai Emery and they can continue to push the villains to being a European uh, team, a team competing for European places every year. So that's interesting. There seems to be a lot of movements going on behind the scenes at Barcelona. So we're going to stay in tune to see what goes on with that. But um, let's get into it, man. Anthony, what's your champagne goal of the week?
2: I'm going to have to go with that Alvarez banger that basically won us the game against Fulham. It was, uh, he kept it on his foot. And uh, thing booted it with his right outside the box. It's pretty nice.
0: For sure, Marcus. What's your champagne goal of the week?
3: Keep your fucking shirt on, on cause we playing video games with you fools, to <laughs> man. For
0: sure, I'm with you. I stamp. I second that motion. That was amazing, and shout out to expressions, man. My man was celebrating. He was
3: happy with that draw. (laughs) I watched that. I watched it as a highlight tape. Ah,
0: he was crushed. Ephra, what's your champagne
1: goal of the week? I'm going to second uh, uh, Anthony with the uh, Alvarez goal. That shit was sweet. Uh, Also, yeah, it was it was a beautiful goal, uh, 36 minute uh, game winner for Manchester City. But I'm also go with Carlos Vinicius with that setup and goal that he scored in the 15th minute because that was great too. On uh, I think it was off, may have been off a counterattack attack uh, from Fulham. Uh, got chested down, uh, pass got chested down, and he just picked it up and just hit a sweet goal. So I'm gonna go for both of them. I dig it. Now, in the club.
0: I'm with DC United. You already know. We here already eat money bags. Seventh place. What? Playoff spot. Ben Teke's doing his thing. Wayne Rooney doing his thing. I got to salute the boys, man. Shout out to Yo Gotti, part owner. Cocaine Music Group. We need that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ephraim, yeah. who you bringing to the club with you? Hey, I'm right there with you, bro. Let's bring it. DC United all the way. Three, uh, four wins in a row. Three out of the last four in the league, one in the U.S. Open Cup. Let's get it. That's right. We in the playoffs right now. Let's go. (laughs) Marcus, who
0: you in the club with, man? Pharrell?
3: Yeah, I ain't going to lie. I got to bring Skateboard P in there. Um, I got to bring Jata in there. Um, Shoot. I mean, yeah, I think that's how we going to shut the club down this week, man.
0: I dig it. Anthony, are you in the club with Alvarez? Second best playmaker at City, right?
2: Yeah, see, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, fellas, whenever KDB's not on the pitch, look for Alvarez. He's, He's the playmaker. But I'm not in the club with him. I'm actually making a return to club hospital. I've been there before. And Marcus didn't take his manager to the club because he knows he's nursing his hamstring. So we're in club hospital, and I'm getting him a brew. We're having a great time.
3: Hey, man, I appreciate you looking out for you. That's
0: a sick Mm -hmm. club to be in, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we go, let's talk about... uh... Anthony's showdown with Real Madrid next week because the first leg of the semifinal will be played next Tuesday when we record on Tuesday so let's get a little preview in Anthony what are you expecting in this first leg and in this draw overall
2: first before Jamar gets at me I'm gonna stand up and pay my respects to Real Madrid and all I'm going to say is let's have a great time. That's,
0: <laughs> a man. It. Wow. That's all I got. I dig it. And it's interesting because you guys have to play West Ham and Leeds before you go and play Real Madrid. Real Madrid only has to play uh, Osasuna on Saturday, but it's the Copa del Rey final. So they got a cup final before they play also. You guys are both going to be locked in. It's going to be interesting because Luka Modric is also trying to come back from injury. Uh, Real Madrid lost today to Sociedad 2-0. So, yeah, they ain't in the best form. This is probably the best time to play them. They injured. They not in the best shape right now. So, I think it's y'all time. Y'all going to finally get that dragon out of here.
2: I hope so because you know I ordered a treble the (laughs) delivery service says it's on its way I I just hope there's no mishaps in between in between transit stations you feel me
0: (laughs) I dig that Ephraim do you see it the same way do you think city will take advantage of the time the form they have the tactics they have and kill Real Madrid finally or is it just that that all white is too powerful no matter what
1: well first of all I gotta I gotta get, I think the way Anthony just showed some respect to Real Madrid I think was 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 great I loved it I loved it I know <laughs> I know how you feel about last season but so I, I get it you know what I'm saying he ain't trying to jinx anything in a way but uh yeah I yeah this might be their best chance honestly like you you mentioned some injuries are going through they're playing in a cup final which which could take a lot out of them obviously especially after a loss that they just, they just had and cup finals we know they can go to extra time they can go to penalties so that could you know just depending on how Osasuna he said Usasuna they are they playing yep yeah so uh i don't know we we'll, th- this is the best chance for them i think uh to both win the league or the trouble i should say uh look don't count your chickens though bro cuz you still got to get past united at, on June 3rd. Hey. You Sit there and uh yeah, you can sit there, yeah. People can laugh all they want to, but but hey, yeah, it's a neutral site, first of all, and you not uh, do play better on a neutral site than at home. So um yeah, man. I don't
2: know. I'ma stay seated when I address y'all. You <laughs>
1: just know that, man. I I'm, I'm
2: not worried. Man.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> right. Big talk, I hear you.
2: Yeah, man. It should be Brighton versus City in the final.
1: Yeah, but it's not. And the last time we played each other, guess who won? The same. Was it Joe? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Man, See, I only remember. See, now is it's... it's (laughs) Rico Lewis probably was playing then. He wasn't, but okay. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah,
0: you guys always struggle against United. That derby is hot. Weather... Ole was the coach, uh, Mourinho, Van Hall. it's always uh, – always-
2: Yeah, I, I I know we all can look in the past, but I'm looking at right now, man.
1: Ooh, I hear you. I hear you. June 3rd, baby. Let's get, get it. here before we know it. June 3rd.
0: Marcus, what That's do you true, got? Right you think uh, Real Madrid will win, or do you think City will take advantage of the timing and, and- – get the results they need to go to the final.
3: This first leg is, is at the White House.
0: Uh let me double check. I think it's at City, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it is at the White House. Nah,
1: you're right, it's at the White House.
3: You know what? Fuck it. I need Jamar to come into the chat and be hitting the expresses. I can't believe it. Oh. Because I need Pep. And his Italian tactics mm-hmm. to go to work, okay? <laughs> Straight up, three on their head top. Yeah, I said it, three one on their head top. Wow,
1: wow, okay. I did. Yeah, it. send that invitation out to Jamar for Tuesday. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, for sure. I'm gonna definitely send that kite out. And yeah, he' gonna link with us <laughs> next week if the result is if if they lose. I don't know, but hey we'll see send it out anyway yeah Yeah, send it out anyway for sure i'm gonna definitely hit him up man but hey man i hope y'all had fun with us this was a great episode got to discuss a lot of topics in depth i think i hope y'all like my new twist on how champagne was the match your most champagne moments just so we can highlight the fancy things you know it's a part of our brand so Hope y'all have fun out there. Y'all stay blessed. We're going to get at y'all next week. And before we go, what do we always got to do, Marcus?
3: Keep some pinkies up, man.
0: And we out.